Hi, everybody. This is Helena Hart. Welcome to the Master Your Magnetism podcast, where I bring on top experts to help shift your vibe and radiate self-love so you'll naturally attract the life and relationship you've always wanted. Today, I'm so excited to introduce Elizabeth Stone to my audience. She's the head coach and founder of Attract the One and Lux Self. She's helped thousands of people save their relationship, manifest love, and create soul-level connections through her coaching, writing, and online programs. So welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here to chat with you. I love your writing and your work. And I know you have a free master class that you wanted to offer for women in my community. We'll talk more about that at the end, but that's going to be the first link in the episode notes. If everyone wants to go check that out, I checked it out myself earlier this week. I highly recommend it. It's on seven blocks to manifesting love. Is there anything you want to say quickly about that before we dive into this topic today? You know, just that it's near and dear to my heart. It's a topic that I struggled with for years. So I hope that it's helpful for anyone that takes the time to look at it. I really enjoyed it. And I've found that what you shared in that masterclass can really help you attract more of what you want in any area of life, not just in dating and relationships, right? Yeah, absolutely. I came to manifestation through relationships and then realized that it's really not just about relationships. I resonated with your content as well for that reason yeah you're not just talking about magnetic relationships you're talking about magnetism which exactly resonate with quite a bit same here yeah i came to this work through the problems i was having in my own love life and then realized that these principles really work to attract anything you want so i think that your work is really aligned with what i do and what my audience really resonates with and today we're going to do something a little different we decided to answer a question that was sent in from one of my listeners. So I'll go ahead and read the question now so everyone can hear it. I'll leave the name off of it, but she says, hello, Helena, thanks so much for all of your efforts to put out super qualitative content with clear recommendations and honest advice. May I suggest another topic that I would love to see you cover? How to define what type of traits you would like to see in your future partner and what type of relationship you want. Basically coming up with a blueprint for an ideal partner or relationship. My female friends and I always struggle to identify what we seek or like in a specific person, hence my request. Thank you. So I knew you were actually the perfect person to bring on and talk about this. I would love to hear your initial thoughts on this question. You know, I'm really interested in the motivations behind things. So when I saw this question that you sent to me yesterday, I thought this is a fear prevention question. How do I avoid getting stuck in something that I don't like? It comes out with a good motivation. The motivation is how do I find out what would prevent that from happening to me? It's genuine, but it also doesn't really get to the core of the problem, which is I want to feel safe and what traits make that possible? Like, how do I ensure success? Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's almost like what I've been doing hasn't been working clearly. And we can all relate to that, right? So oh, yeah, how do I prevent the failures from happening over and over in the future? Absolutely. Yeah. So first of all, I really liked what you said, you mentioned in one of your podcasts that you like to think about it, like the feeling that you have around the person. And that's a more feminine way of being in relationship is to how you feel, let that guide you toward selecting people based on what it's like being in their presence, what it's like being you in their presence specifically. 
Exactly. Yeah. I call that choosing with your feminine energy, which is a very different place to come from. I think a lot of us are used to choosing with our masculine energy, meaning looking at a man sort of on paper and deciding he's what you want because he checks all the boxes on your list and he looks good physically and he has a great job and he makes you laugh. And when we do that, I've really found we tend to put that guy on a pedestal and from there you can't really help it. You tend to want to go after him and prove yourself to him. All of those masculine energy things that actually push that guy away on a very deep level. I don't know if you've experienced that as well or see that in women in your community. Oh, absolutely. And when I heard you say that just recently, I was like, well, yes, of course. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly what's wrong. (laughs) So (laughs) I definitely resonate with that idea. And I was thinking about my own work in relationship to this when we were discussing doing this. And it's not that you can't have desires and requirements for a mate. It's just that those need to take way second chair to what it feels like to be around somebody and you need to be willing to just go, Oh, who cares if he's whatever you've decided that he should be based on judgment and whatever was on your action item list about it. That is the choosing from your masculine, like you mentioned, but I have a good story about this and it relates to how I met my own partner after getting divorced. I made my wish list and it was less like a, he has to have this, this, and this. It didn't come from there. It came from a playful exploration of what I would want my life to feel like and be like with my partner. But there were specific things on there that were kind of judgment-based. Like I want him to be tall and I want him to be kind of hot. (laughs) But (laughs) the come from wasn't, I want to prevent failure. It was like, oh, if he could just appear tomorrow, I could wave a magic wand and here he is. What would he be like? And I just wrote that down and I put it in the bedside table of my guest bed or my master bedroom, like on the opposite side of the bed. So I was sleeping on one side, my other side was open. And then there was the drawer there. Well, very, very shortly thereafter, I met my current partner. And later I ended up cleaning out that drawer so they could have a drawer in my bedroom when he came over and stayed with me. And I had forgotten about it entirely. And so I pulled it out and opened it up and read the list. And it was crazy (laughs) how he was everything on the list. Mm. But I think about it, if my come from had been, all right, I want him to be the opposite of my ex-husband for these five reasons. And I've got to think about it like I missed red flags in my past relationship and I'm trying to fix and save my perception of myself or who I am in order to get a better thing. And that's much trickier and stickier and less joyful than it would be really cool if he liked the same bands I like. So there's a difference between I want to prevent failure and prevent myself from getting hurt again. And it would be really joyful to have somebody who really liked my favorite bands or something like that. That is so interesting. I love that story, by the way. And what I love about it is, yeah, go ahead and get specific when you're coming from that really aligned place where you're believing it's possible. You're trusting that that perfect match for you is out there. I remember actually doing something similar and I completely forgot about that until you just told that story. I was just feeling really good one day, completely single, wasn't ready to put myself out there quite yet, but just these ideas sort of started coming to me one day and I wrote down things like 
He knows what he wants. He's absolutely sure. And I'm absolutely sure. It feels amazing. We're super clear. It just felt like clarity, not confusion, not I don't know if he's the one. He doesn't know if I'm the one. It felt really good. And that's exactly what I experienced when I decided to finally go online. And I met my husband shortly thereafter, actually 24 hours after joining the online dating app. But I wasn't trying to make anything happen. I was coming from the place of, oh, these ideas are feeling really, really good to me. Let me write them down. And then when you're coming from that place, feel free to get as specific as you'd like, I think is what I hear you saying. Is that right? Yeah, that's so cool. I got goosebumps when you told that story. That's absolutely where I was coming from with that. And that's just much different. I'm not trying to put this on him that he has to be this or that. You get the delightful surprise of having them be what's on your list because you've sent out the intention to have something, but it isn't like, if I don't get this, I'm just going to die in a hole somewhere. Exactly. And what I really, really love from what you said, and I want to highlight this, you're not coming from a place of this didn't work out. And so I want the opposite of that. Like, you know, I could say, I don't want someone that has an addiction problem or that is a liar or a cheater or all these bad experiences that we've had in our past and trying to create from that place, trying to create from that place of lack or the place of fear. Like, I don't want to attract this type of person, which causes you to just attract that very same thing over and over because you have so much energy and emotional charge around it, right? Well, and people will try to get around this too. I've noticed when they make their list, they'll be like, I want a drug-free person. (laughs) Yes. It's not about you phrasing it right on the list. That has disappeared for you when it's not a problem. I don't put that I don't want somebody to have a past crime history on my list. I want them to be crime-free. That doesn't even come into it. But if you've been struggling with it and it's sticky for you, it's likely that it's in your field if you're going to keep waking it up, like you said. It's so true. I'm just remembering this other woman who emailed me probably about 10 years ago and she needed help because she was an anti-drug activist. I don't know exactly what had happened in her past to make that her life's work, but she was so into this anti-drug thing and she kept attracting drug addicts over and over and over. Just couldn't get out of that because she had so much energy and probably fear around that. And so she was just like a magnet for that. So interesting. I'm curious if you have any red flags bags or things that a woman should avoid when they're out there dating or looking to meet the right person? You know, for me, they're all about feeling in the now. Mm-hmm. So if it feels wrong in the now and you're like, yeah, this is terrible. I really don't like this. And maybe I'm not sure why. I just like to flag that. Like I like to think, okay, well, you know, I don't necessarily, if it's, if it's a real gut, deep gut feeling, I mean, run away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I mean that if it's that deep of a gut feeling, you need to get out of there. I hope that you also run away from people who are trying to rob you on the street. When you know that it's not right, you can feel that. It's palpable and people get themselves in trouble when they ignore it. So you already knew it was a red flag. It was waving and then you keep going. Well, that's the exact thing that you're trying to avoid. So it's just helpful to realize when you get that ick feeling. If it's a true ick feeling, that's different than judgment. That's different than I don't like him because he doesn't something. He's not six feet tall or he doesn't 
make six right. figures or come from this type of background. Yeah, absolutely. I think it comes down to, do you trust yourself? Basically, do you trust yourself to catch those red flags right away? Because the red flags in my experience and opinion are almost always there right from the beginning. And often we don't trust ourselves because we've ignored those red flags in the past. I think we're all guilty at some point of seeing the red flags. Our intuition was trying to tell us something, but we just went along with it anyway. And the red flags we ignore at the beginning are usually the reason the relationship ends or doesn't get off the ground in the first place. I've really found working with so many women over the years. Have you found that as well? I have. And it's pretty universal. I know I learned really early myself what you said about self-trust is good. If it didn't feel right or if it felt bad, that was the time to get away. Mm -hmm. So if we take that with us to dating and it just feels bad and it was a red flag, get away. But self-trust is key in that. That's an important part of what you said, because I always aim toward getting people to trust themselves more rather than less. I can write, and I probably have written some article that's like 55 red flags. I probably have it somewhere in my archives. But it's not about not knowing the right things on a list to then judge people with. People are very, very good in the moment. It's when they start thinking past and future and then complicating everything with a whole bunch of thought that they have trouble. Mm -hmm. So it's less like you need to memorize this list and more like just find out how you feel around them and you'll get really far that way. Exactly. That resonates so much with everything I've been saying for years and years. My husband and I actually recorded a video on my YouTube channel a few years ago. I think it was called A Feminine Approach to Boundaries. And something he said in that that's always stuck with me because I'd never heard anyone say that before is that when someone has this super strict list of boundaries or external requirements and they're almost just wearing that, like, just so you know, here are my boundaries. He said that it really indicates a lack of self-trust. Because if you trust yourself, you know that you're not going to stay in a situation that doesn't feel good. And there's this need to project your boundaries out there and let a guy know right away that you don't drive to him on the first date and all of these different <laughs> kinds of things. When really, if you trust yourself, you're not going to do those things. I think a lot of people don't trust themselves. And of course, we can all relate to this because maybe in the past, they've put themselves in situations over and over where they ended up getting hurt or they stayed in situations way too long. We've all been there. And so... How would you recommend someone start to trust themselves more if they're at that place where they have a hard time with that? Well, I really liked what you said there. I think that's a great thing that your husband said about boundaries, because I found that to be really true as well. It's almost like training wheels for appropriate behavior. If you don't trust yourself to say no or turn it down, then you need the training wheels. <laughs> Mm -hmm. You need the, yeah. the friend to call to say like, is this weird or not? And I've been in that place where you weren't really sure if you can trust your own perception because you felt like it was okay and you felt like it was good and then it wasn't. And then it's easy to devolve into beating yourself up. Definitely. But it's not up to you to decide whether or not you're going to enter the perfect situation and then back generate traits that made that the case. Mm. you're not back testing a trading system or something. You're not like, well, if only he had not had a weird clingy mother, then I would have been so much better off. We don't get those lessons any other way though. Mm -hmm. I have to start looking at failure. Like it's just a process toward experience rather than a big deal that we have to feel bad about having failed in relationships. You had a bad date. You had a bad time. That's different than having threats to your life and limb or something like that. 
Mm -hmm. or when you ignored something so big that then you feel bad because something bad happened to you. That's a little different than, gosh, I just wasted my time for two years with this human. Right. (laughs) But I learned a lot. So I like to de-escalate with my clients the feeling of threat because when they've gotten hurt, they automatically put on this armor and then they go around thinking that they can wear the armor and have everything they want and connect better if they would just get the lock to fit the key better somehow. Mm-hmm. It's and so true. They get hurt, then they like put more armor on. And so then pretty soon the world can't see you. You're miserable to be around and you've made it into this giant deal. So I get them to take off the armor. There's a limited number of ways that another human being can hurt you. And most of them are physical. And then next is the way you're going to beat yourself up because of how you perceived what they did or said. So if I'm the only person that really is going to perceive the actions of someone else and get to decide what I think about that or what I make of that and how much that hurts me as a result, then I don't really have to worry about it. I can just go around enjoying myself and then avoiding life or limb threats. I'm not just saying go naked to the park or whatever. <laughs> but I love but after that. that, now we've de-escalated threat. We've realized where all bad feeling comes from, which is your own thoughts. And then now we can have a good time with anybody. That is fantastic. I've actually been saying that for years too. Just trust yourself, trust your boundaries, trust that you're going to get yourself out of there. If something doesn't feel right, then basically do whatever you want. Forget the rules, right? <laughs> right. If something feels right to you, trust that and keep moving forward with it. If not, trust that something's going to alert you. Your intuition's going to have some alarm bell go off and oops, something about this doesn't feel right. I think I need to take a step back or remove myself from the situation completely. And you'll tend to find in my experience, at least that when you come from that place, you tend to attract men who are incredibly trustworthy (laughs) because you're almost like a beacon for that. That desire just shines itself out and you attract it back towards you and everything just flows really easily. So I know you're masterclass will definitely help people who are looking to get to that place where they can really trust themselves and attract what they actually want in a partner. Is there anything else you want to say about the red flag side of this before we move into actually crafting a blueprint, so to speak, for attracting the right person? No, I think I'm ready for the blueprint. Let's craft a blueprint. That sounds great. Yeah, I'd love to hear all your thoughts on how to do that. Well, Going back to what we were talking about before, I mean, it's just an extension of knowing what feels good to you and what doesn't feel good to you and being willing to try other stuff. If you want the base of your life to be that you spend most of your time feeling as good as you can, and then you spend time with people who are trustworthy and kind and compassionate and treat you well, then there's not much else that really needs to go on a blueprint unless you start adding the things we were just talking about that are all fear-based, like we were just saying. Mm -hmm. But it is all about self-trust. And if you've been through a few dings and you're not feeling trusting of yourself, you can get the training wheels, like have the friend that you call. What are your thoughts on that one? I love what you said about training wheels. I've never heard anyone talk about it in that way before in all my years of interviewing experts. I think it's great. If you're feeling really uncertain about what you've been doing, you're right. Like get a coach, get a friend, read books. That's how I came to this. I knew that I was just thinking wrong and then I read books and then I talked to people and then got coaching myself. 
And that's how you make the change if you aren't feeling trusting of yourself. It's not like, you know, Elizabeth Stone says that I have to trust myself perfectly before I can go out and date. No, actually quite the opposite, because you don't build trust without doing things that might feel scary. It's so true. So go ahead and watch some videos, listen to some podcasts, read some books. These are all things that I did back before I knew everything I know now. And also, I love what you said, put yourself out there, actually get your feet wet with it. I think you can do all the coaching and online programs and meditating in the world. But if you're not going out there, actually interacting with potential relationship partners, you don't have that real life experience where you can start to trust yourself. Also, I think just acknowledging that your intuition was right all along in past situations. You might not have acted according to that knowledge, <laughs> but just going, oh, my intuition was right. There was an alarm bell going off about this person and it all turned out to be true. We've all had that experience, usually multiple times. So you really can trust yourself. And then are there any first steps once someone decides, okay, I'm ready to put myself out there? I hear from women all the time who haven't dated in a long time. Maybe they're out of a long-term relationship or they're newly divorced divorced and they're wanting to get their feet wet with dating. Are there any tips you have for someone just to get started with this? Well, so here's my main tip. I was having a conversation with a good, good friend of mine. You know how your friends are the ones who are least likely to listen to you as a coach? Oh, definitely. Yes. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, I've known you since you were 20. I've seen you be awkward. Exactly. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, she was kind of complaining about the quality of men in her area and the quality of men in your own particular area. You know what? It's entirely subjective because the quality of men that I meet is different than the quality of men that you meet. And it's because of the way that our own internal environment is what I attract is going to be completely different to what Helena attracts. And that's true for her as well. But if she keeps looking at it, like, the men near me are crap and I just have to wade through them in order to find something that I want, she's going to have a hard time and it's going to be miserable. But if she looks at it more like it's an experiment, I told her, we can talk about this again when you've put a spreadsheet together of a thousand men that you've gone on a date with. Because until then, you have absolutely no good sample size because she's very scientific. <laughs> <laughs> no good sample size to tell me how, how they are. All you have are very limited experiences where you maybe not liked it. And that's okay. Like you don't have to like them. I'm not saying you should try to like them if you don't like them. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if you get a thousand together, then maybe you can see what your primary thing that you're struggling with actually is. Because if they're all a certain thing, you're probably got something in your vibration. You got something in your masculine that is that thing. Mm -hmm. And it's either what you're trying to get rid of, or it's something you've been trying to avoid, or your dad was that way and you hate it or something like that. Either that, or you'll meet the guy and then we won't have to have this talk anymore. That is exactly right. <laughs> I just have to say how spot on that is. I hear from so many women in the comment sections of some of my videos on YouTube or other mm -hmm. social media platforms. And they say, all men over 40 are all avoidant or they don't want to commit or they all have baggage. When I typically work with women who are over 60, sometimes 50 yeah. to 60, somewhere around that range, they are all meeting phenomenal men. 
who are just adoring them, pursuing them. They just have so many amazing guys coming towards them. It's all about your mindset and where you're coming from. It's so frustrating to see those comments when I know that things could be so different for people out there if they just understood that. There's something in their belief system or their vibration or just something that they're drawn to or attracted to that is pulling them towards the wrong kind of men. I've been there myself. We all have, right? So no Mm -hmm. judgment here at all. But that is so true. Absolutely. I love what you said about the sample size as well. I hear from women all the time who say, you just don't know what men are like out there these days. And I I was (laughs) single three or so years ago. It's not like I've been married for decades and (laughs) haven't dated since college, you know, and there are all kinds of men out there, but what are you attracting and looking for those patterns can sometimes be really helpful. Like you said. Well, and the other thing too, I coach men as well. I don't know if you coach men as well, but I coach men also. And I find that they're overwhelmingly decent and they overwhelmingly (laughs) love the woman that they're into or that they're interested in making it better with. And it would be strange if my idea of men was that they were all awful based on my experiences with them, because I love men. Mm -hmm. I adore them. Now, I don't like jerks. It doesn't matter what gender you are. Right. We can all find fault. We can all judge and not like stuff. And that's fine. And, and I know a thousand is a big number. So if for you, that, that's like overwhelming and scary. I don't mean literally a thousand people. I mean that once you decide that you're going to meet a thousand people, something will happen. Mm-hmm. What has your experience been with that? I think that's so interesting. I just keep thinking about the clients I've had who have met their partners quickly, especially the clients that are over 50 60, Mm -hmm. sometimes even into their 70s. And they all have something very similar going on in their mindset. They all say, first of all, that I'm just going to go out and practice. I'm just going to go have fun, practice being in my feminine energy, practice receiving or making eye contact or leaning back or whatever it is they want to work on. They tend to meet their Mr. Right very, very quickly rather than I'm going to strategically meet 50 guys and hopefully one of them is my future husband because I'm so tired of dating. (laughs) I hate being online. Right. And so they just have this really positive mindset and you kind of attract what you expect. If you expect that there's going to be a lot of terrible men out there, that's what you're going to experience. I think our brains are sort of hardwired to want to be right. And then you can say, Oh, I was right to not trust men. I'm better off being single when really deep down, most people want a partnership who were here listening to these podcasts. Right. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I think you're, mindset is so powerful. And it can be hard to overcome that when all you've experienced up until this point is terrible relationships. So do you have any tips on how to break free from that? I think as humans, we tend to think that what we've experienced is all there is. I received a question on Instagram the other day, I just posted it in my story about what is your best piece of advice for women who are over 40 and divorced looking to attract the love of their life or something like that. And I said, the problem or the biggest struggle is thinking that what you've experienced is all that's out there. And so you have to be open to the possibility that there is another kind of man out there that you just have never met before, right? That you just have no experience with and be open to that possibility. I think that's so important. Do you agree with that? I do. And I think that's a great piece of advice to widen this up to not just relationships. In order to manifest something entirely different, you sort of have to go by feel. 
So mm -hmm. if you want to feel the certain way, that beginner's mindset that you were just talking about is so perfect for that. Because if you're just going to go out and have a good time, you're going to get more of that. But if you say, all right, I'm going to conquer all of this limitation that I've experienced before, and now I'm going to finally manifest a mate, you're probably going to really have a terrible time. <laughs> it's so going to go terrible. So I think you're right. I think it's important to realize that if you haven't experienced the reality that you want to experience yet, then the next best thing you can do to attract that is to think about the way that you want to feel and then start finding ways to feel that way, even if it's not in the specific situation that you hope will then generate that feeling. Mm, exactly right. Yeah, I say that all the time. How do you want to feel in your ideal relationship? A lot of women say they want to feel safe, adored, cherished, valued, prioritized, understood. And so are you saying make yourself feel that way right now or look for things in your life that assist you in feeling that way and don't go out looking for the guy that's going to prioritize you, looking for the guy that's going to cherish or value you. That's kind of a masculine energy approach to this. Basically, you're working from the inside out here, raising your vibration, if you want to think of it that way, and then attracting it to you on the outside. Is that how? Yeah, you're yeah. It? everything is thought created. So everything I do is inside out. Mm -hmm. And that can be frustrating when you're not feeling like you're coming from a good place. I don't know if you've ever gone through this, but I know I have when I'm just sort of like going through the doldrums or something. That's not the time to say, okay, you know, I need a new relationship to make my, myself feel better. Because guaranteed, even if it feels good on day one until day 300, it's not going to keep feeling that way because your come from was from a place of lack to begin with. Mm -hmm. So, and this can change moment to moment. It's not like you're doomed or something. That's not what I'm saying. But it's more like, well, all anybody is ever trying to manifest is a specific feeling ever. You're not trying to get the car or the money or the person or the thing or whatever. It's about the feeling you're trying to get, which is why people go out and desire things anyway, because the feeling that they imagine they're going to have. Well, it's a great shortcut to start feeling that way first. And also doing the actions. I mean, there's a lot, I think, in the feminine masculine polarity world where it's like, well, okay, now that I've decided on my perfect thing, now I'm just going to sit here. <laughs> well, that will take a long time. But opening yourself up and going out and doing stuff that feels inspired and fun and goes in line with what you're just saying about going for the feeling first, that's mm -hmm. going to be just more satisfying life to have. Because your yeah. life is being lived, whether or not you had the thing or the man or the circumstances anyway. It's not some future date that you can then feel happy once you have the family or whatever it is that you imagine that you want your life to be like. If I only made stuff because I would have a future thing, I'm not going to make anything good. Creativity just goes out the window then. Then it's all this slog that just feels gray. And so true. I am just loving everything you're sharing here. I thought of so many more episodes that we could record together if you're open to it. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to. I'm really enjoying this. This is like 
the Super Bowl for me right now. So Yeah, I would love to do another episode on manifesting. I think we're really aligned in that area. I love what you said too about taking inspired action when you're coming from that good feeling place. And I agree that the reason we want anything is because we think we're going to feel better when we get it. And it just doesn't work that way. When you can make yourself feel so good that you don't care whether that condition comes to you or not, then you're a perfect match to it. It has to show up in your life experience. I've just seen that over and over and over, really without exception in the women that I've worked with and the thousands of women in my community who are just getting everything they want coming from that place. So I'm loving everything you're sharing. Is there anything else you want to say on this topic? And I do want to save some time to talk about your seven blocks to manifesting love free masterclass too. Sure. You know what I want to say about the thought feeling portion is that there's a common misconception that you have to emotionally hype yourself up in order to manifest. Mm. And I think I want to be careful about the difference between light and airy. And I think this is something that I've been tossing around too. So if the idea isn't fully formed, please jump in. But it isn't about, oh, I have to have high emotion or I have to be experiencing super happiness or something yes. to manifest stuff. There's decision involved. And then there's also just plain old, I expect this. And I expect this has gotten me plenty of great manifestations. And so it wasn't about just feeling super light or feeling super good because at the end of the day, whatever it is that you're trying to get into your life is probably going to feel like a mundane, normal part of your reality once you finally conquered it. So it's a normal part of my day that I get good morning texts that say nice things to me. That's like a normal part of my reality. Now, there's a time when it very much wasn't. This is much different than I'm only manifesting this kind of relationship if I stay super happy. Or I'm only going to be able to, to hold on to this reality if I continue to be emotionally hyped up over it. Well, there aren't a lot of really, really, like, for example, rich people, we'll use money, for example, that are opening their bank account like, this is amazing. This is so great. Oh, my God, every day. Mm. No, that's a new manifested. Yes, manifested. yes, yes. <laughs> it's more like, what is your base level of expectation? Like if your base level of expectation is that men are just horrible and that nobody's ever going to treat you well, you're probably not experiencing great stuff because it's not about whether you were happy on Tuesday and somebody smiled at you. Mm -hmm. So I like to just make the difference clear. It's not like you're paying for your manifestation with your emotional energy. That is such a great point. Again, we could do a whole episode just on that. I hear from women all the time who ask me, do you have to be really happy all the time? What yeah. happens if I'm having a bad day? What if I'm a little depressed this week? And it's all about feeling what you're feeling. I did a whole podcast episode a couple years ago called Painful Emotions, Feminine Energy and the Law of Attraction, where oh. we went very, very in-depth on exactly how to actually feel what you're feeling. So it's not about suppressing, oh, I'm feeling sad today. I'm going to stuff that down and say a hundred affirmations to make myself feel better. Otherwise I won't yeah. get what you want. It definitely doesn't work like that. So I'm really glad you said that. And I love what you said too about, it just has to feel familiar. When people ask me like, oh, how does it feel to have this or that in your life or an amazing man and family or whatever, I say, it just kind of feels normal at this point. <laughs> it just feels right. familiar to me. And so it has to feel familiar to you, I think, 
because we're always being pulled towards what feels familiar. And I love how you connected it with money. I mean, the very, very wealthy people that I've met in my life or that I know, trust me, are not working on their money mindset or waking up and doing rituals to try to call in. It just is normal. It just feels normal and every day, just like the good morning texts or whatever somebody wants in their relationship or any area of life. So this was amazing. I loved talking with you about this topic. I know we could do so many more episodes. I'd love to bring you on for a live broadcast sometime too, where we can take callers and answer questions. I love connecting with my audience and I think they're going to really resonate with your work and what we talked about here today. So let's talk about your free masterclass, seven blocks to manifesting love. I checked it out myself. Like I mentioned earlier this week, I loved it. I actually learned a few new things, which I love. So is there anything that you want to say about that? Yeah. Like I said in the beginning, that really was a labor of love because I was doing all those things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a little bit of a vulnerable thing for me to share that. that, And I always feel a little bit like I'm telling on myself somehow, but it comes from such a place of wanting other people to not have to go through that. Like I want to give you the fast track pass to not have to experience that kind of pain. And I'd love for you to check it out. Yeah, I love what you said somewhere in that masterclass about addiction to cravingness. I might not be saying that correctly. but Yeah, no, you did. I, you nailed it. I was like, I've never heard anyone say it like that before. So I just thought it was such deep, valuable content. I love that you're all about the inner work. And then the outer work kind of just takes care of itself. Do you do one-on-one coaching still? Yeah, I do. Absolutely do one-on-one coaching. I know I receive requests pretty much every day for people who just want to book a single session or they want private coaching. So maybe I can include some information on how people can do that. If that's something you're still offering, I love having really high quality coaches to send my audience to if they're looking for more one-on-one support. So the link to your free masterclass, seven blocks to manifesting love will be the first link in the show notes or episode details. If you're listening on Apple podcast, just scroll down and that'll be the first link. If you're listening on Spotify, you might have to click click see more and that will open up the description. And I'm really excited to have people in my community check that out because it was very helpful for me personally. So I know my audience is going to love it. Anything else you want to say before we close out here today? I just want to say thank you for the way that you've shared your light and put yourself out there. I've always smiled and enjoyed what I've seen from you coming out into the world. You always have such a joyful spirit and I just really appreciate everything you do. I appreciate you taking this time to connect with me and share. And this has just been a joy. Gosh, this has made my day. So thank you so much for all that you do. You're very welcome. And thanks for everything you shared today. Like I said, I can't wait to do more episodes with you. I always love discovering new experts that I can share their message with my community because I know there's just so many amazing people out there and you are definitely one of them. I love your writing and everything that you share too. So thank you so much for joining me and thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you're following my podcast so you don't miss any new episodes. I have new episodes coming out every week and I will see you next time. Thanks again, Elizabeth. This was so much fun. Thank you. If you're tired of struggling in your love life and you want a proven system to get into and maintain a relationship where you're consistently loved, valued, and cherished, go to forever1234.com. Again, that's forever1234.com.